Manor. Hello, welcome to Tip Manor podcast. It is the festive season, sort of, a little bit. I put my Christmas tree up. It's an intimate pod today. It's just me, James, and we've got John. Hello, John. Very intimate. Got my candle lit and uh, red card issued for having a Christmas tree up in November. Uh, do you know what, though? It was a, it was very important because our boiler is in the loft and I went up to the loft to get the decorations down and then realised the loft was flooded because the boiler had shat itself. So you were um, like, save the Christmas tree. So Christmas, <laughs> save saved, the Christmas saved the house and I saved the Christmas tree. Christmas tree's up, you know. Two and a half grand down on a new boiler. No, I never want to have to do that again. Donation oh link. Donation link is in the uh, yeah yeah link, episode link. Maybe now's the time to start the what's the thing podcast do? Page Patreon. Patreon. Page, yeah. Tip Manor branded mouse mats for all the fans out there. Your support, your support will pay for James's family to live this winter. Yeah. Think about the heat. Um, what other merch could we put on the Patreon, John? Mouse well, we mat, can't. We can't ashtray. do. We can't do pants because obviously the club shop has already stolen a march on. on of course, that. Black Friday pants. Buy them now. OUFCshop.co.uk. Anything else you want to say about that? No, that there's <laughs> people listening can't see this because they can't see our notes. But I'm just staring at a pair of pants in front of my screen with auction night on them and they just scare me really. yeah they look like they'd be quite revealing yeah pants. they're very tight around certain areas toit toit okay that's a good preamble um what we're doing today we've got a little bit of news um matches to catch up on Ipswich away that should be fun to talk about um obviously the rovers fa cup game definitely touch on that and then obviously the, the fleetwood game as well, and then we'll look ahead to Rotherham on um, on Saturday. But yeah, let's start start with the news. So we've done pants. Um, there hasn't really been anything with regards to takeover or stadium updates. I guess that's to to be expected for now. Um, not really sure what timeline we're looking at there. There was something uh, about Tiger saying again, repeating it's with the EFL for paperwork, and we know the EFL have got bigger things on their plate, like like destroying Derby County and things like yeah. that. Further points deductions, right? Was it another nine points and then... Another nine. So uh, Jack will get his wish of Derby away next season and a 10-minute travel trip or whatever. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Um, speaking of Jack, he's not with us tonight because um, similar to to on being on trend with the club, he's decided to also be a bit COVID-y. So he's just looking after himself. Hopefully he hasn't got COVID, but we wish Jack... All the best. Just like all the players, John. That was a nice kind of segue into COVID news chat. So thanks, Jack, for that. Yeah, well, we, you know, we've just got to do whatever the club do, we do. We're just, you know, we're just fanboys. At, exactly. At um, it's just yeah. out licking, licking all the general public until he could be like like the players. Absolutely. Um, yeah, everyone has COVID. So for me, we, we'll talk about, obviously, Wigan wasn't a game, so we're not going to touch on that. But um I was one of the the fans that had just paid 40 quid or whatever it was to buy a train ticket to Wigan. I literally sat on the train for about five minutes when I saw a message pop up in a WhatsApp saying it was cancelled. And I was like, that's either a really shit joke or that's just devastating news. 
Um, but I was just, it was the sheer like number. It was like what seven players tested positive and like the time they tested negative the night before and then all positive the following morning or something like that. Yeah, I don't like to generally get bogged down with the sort of intricacies of testing this and tasting then, but it is quite, like I think it's KR said himself, there are a few grey areas that people could poke around at, but it was, yeah, seven positive on the Saturday morning. Um, But, you know, we were away from home, we didn't have a keeper, a lot of the the Wigan fans were, were moaning about it, saying, you know, in the past we've had to play with youth players on the, the bench and everything like that. And that's, I think if we'd been at home, then you could be a bit more sympathetic. But, you know, it was probably a, a good thing given some of the players, well, not a good thing, but yeah, some of the players even. that were out, it would have, that would have been quite terminal. But um, no, it just, it was, yeah, started for you guys. I hadn't, I hadn't decided to go, which was fortunate, but it was, yeah, it's just a shame they had to do it so late. And it's the EFL that calls it off, not us. That, yeah. Well, actually, I think I think we, in the end, were the ones that... Sorry, um, I mean, yeah, we have to tell them what we're thinking of doing and then it has to go through the, the motions. Yeah. It's... I, it all sounded like it was handled really well. You were on, wasn't it, the game, weren't you? So but when they played the KR interview and Jerome was talking to him, um, it sounded like we handled it all pretty well and Wigan put out a statement that reflected quite well on how we dealt with it as well which I thought was pretty pretty positive so um there was just a know. maturity about the situation yeah. and you know there was no it's not like we did crew-esque behavior and rocked up on the day and we're like no no we'll, we'll play it'll be all right I mean yeah, it'd be, be all right sort of sort of thing so yeah the yeah. fact how Wigan responded tells you all all you need to know really the the only thing as a fan that I'd have said is it was what just after like 11 a.m. when they gave in you know obviously just announced it was postponed there was no pre-chat that to suggest it might not be on and it might have been nicer to know just a little bit earlier um but I'm sure to be fair you know the club was doing everything it could to get the game on so I understand but I think it was it was quite difficult especially people going into winter um, struggling a bit for money perhaps you know I don't know I think the club's looking at ways they can reimburse fans um, but even that's a tough gig in itself isn't it so we'll have to watch that watch that yeah, space to, to be fair across all it's very difficult to do and and it's going to be a February Tuesday night job where only the likes yeah. of us will probably be able to do it because it's a little bit closer yeah true um, and then we signed an emergency keeper seven day loan deal I was kind of. I think we were talking about it when we were watching the Fleetwood game. I was just like, it must must be such a strange experience for like a twenty five year old keeper. So he's obviously been at Birmingham, play had some football league experience. Played for Swindon, didn't he? Disgusting, but he must have shaken that off. We we um, were desperate. We were desperate. <laughs> <laughs> but it must be a weird thing, mustn't it? Being a keeper doing a seven day loan because he obviously hasn't had that much first team football. But do you think? If you're in that position, you just take anything you can get to get some game time and add it to the CV. Well, I guess like as a keeper, you must go long periods of time not playing. And it is literally, unless that guy gets injured or seriously drops form, which doesn't happen that often, Yeah, um, I'm not going to play. But it's also like, you know, when you have like a temp job in an office for a week, do you bother <laughs> making friends? Or do you just go and be like, you're yeah. all right. 
Like, just picturing him shouting the, you know, there's no way he remembers all the players' names and numbers. Like, and he can't come in and like give someone an absolute. Well, maybe he can. His character can do this, but he can't go and rollick Sam Long and you know, sort of get into him on the pitch or something. He'd just be like, yeah. "Mate, can you can you just try and be a bit harder? Can you just work a bit harder in that? Like, um, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, it must be must be a strange existence. But you got for him, he's got to do it and. It's always someone watching these games, so it's got to it's got to be a good opportunity for yeah. me. What, what did you think about news of Gorin? Obviously, we haven't had a pod since Gorin's got pretty badly injured, so it's going to be months until he's playing again. But do you think that's going to have a significant impact on the season? I think it will, and I know that. I mean, for me, Herbie Kane as a defensive midfielder is working, and not jumping ahead to Ipswich too much, but. During the Ipswich game, he was doing a lot more of the defensive, the tracking, yeah. the little tackles, all that sort of stuff, which was always my sort of challenge back on him as a defensive midfielder. Of That's all very well against Fleetwood. But when you're away at Sunderland and you've got to track every square inch of the pitch and so on, that's when you need a Gorin. So there is positivity there. But for me, this is the opportunity to get a rot bag in. <laughs> a rotter. Yeah, just get a, get a defensive midfielder who's, just sort of going to be physical. Can do how old's um, Danny Bullman now? Fifty-three. Surely still playing somewhere. He's a pretty sure still a Crawley. Or whatever. I think so yeah, no I think way. if he'd retired, we'd have no- fifty-three. We'd have noticed. But so for me, like it's it's on the list of for the transfer window. But I don't think we need to. It's not quite sort of left back cover urgency. You know, left back cover still top then probably a defensive midfielder, possibly even on par with a striker, actually given how Adji and Winnell have completely yeah. evapor- evaporated. Um, I think we talked about that a bit last pod, didn't we? Like kind of what we want to look at in January. But I think you're right, a defensive midfielder, maybe a, somewhat a biter. <laughs> Someone that is just a pure rotter. I mean, because I, I think I've said this before, but I really liked Kane and Gorin when they played together as a two. And it yeah. meant that basically Goring could just focus on crunching people and then give the ball to Kane who could do the creative stuff. So if we just kind of follow that model with someone else, because Kane's, you know, clearly just wherever he's got the ball, he you know he can find the pass. So that defensive midfielder doesn't have to do as much. Yeah, win the ball um, back and give it to someone. With, with him someone. around. Makalele used to be the one for that back in the day. Yeah. Just never did anything special. Just win the ball back and give it to the person next to him who's going to do something more creative with it. I just like people crunching people, as is probably evident, because I say crunching about seven times a pot. <laughs> That's it. Um, so let's get on to get on to the Ipswich game. Um, you went, John, didn't you? You managed to do some tactical family planning and organise a, a trip down. Yeah, it's taken three years of us playing Ipswich for me to be able to pull this tactical let's go down to my not technical in-laws but they live Ipswich way so um it was a nice sort of 10 minute local train journey into into Ipswich and honestly it was like the people I was meeting were a bit delayed so I was kind of by myself in just knocking around a couple of pubs and that sort of thing and honestly so you start chatting to Ipswich fans because you've got your scarf on and stuff honestly it was like a love-in Everyone was like, oh, we can't wait for the game. Two good sides. You're really good. Like, it's going to be, you know, we're just going to enjoy this. There's no rivalry. There's no beef. It was genuinely people saying like, yeah, no, this is just about playing a good game of football. And uh, and then like, we'll get on to that. Obviously, um, 
went full circle by the end of it. And on the train home, I was getting dogs abuse from like strangers. It was cheats. You had bloody cheats. Well, there was the video that the people, I forget who shared it, but there was obviously some fan reaction on an Ipswich like vlog. And there was just some absolute characters. It was as if they were paid actors at that point. Oh, I mean, if you've not seen it, go and find it. I mean, this one guy is genuinely like, I hope they go to fall out of the league and get decapitated. <laughs> I mean, Liquidate I want, them. Nobody on this train threatened to decapitate me. I, I hasten to clarify, but it was just like anti, you know, it was like you lot are anti-football. You were diving around all over the place. We were the better team. And I was like, I'm not accepting any of your points because we were the better team for the majority, certainly the first half, 60 Definitely minutes. Definitely first half, yeah. Um, but it was just that epitome of like the fickleness of, they were acting like they were kind of the sort of superiority about, they couldn't believe that a team had turned up and not played football for 90 minutes. And it's like, no, we played football for like 75 and then thought, actually, we're away from home. We'll just do what you've probably done to other teams. And at the time being like, yeah, great. That's really sensible play. It's just such fickle bollocks it was it was interesting there was all the boring boring oxford chants as well were just i actually loved it i also found <laughs> i heard a clip of jerome um i think it was was it nathan or someone else was talking to jerome on radio oxford at one point just saying you know you've been asking for that for years jerome you've been asking for this type of performance where it shows a different side and a, perhaps a more mature side to our game from a tactics perspective and it was just like, did you like it? And Jerome, it just went silent for a minute. And Jerome just went, I loved it. <laughs> and no, I was you... just like, I'm I'm in the same place though. I was enjoying, I, I was getting a little bit nervous second half because we'd seemed to accept that a point was a decent result. I know we had a few corners at the end, but um, you know, like I, it, there was a little bit of people going down with cramp. I know Eastwood did. Uh, we had... Um, Oh, God. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, though, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't Wickham. It wasn't Gillingham. There was one moment where I might be doing him a disservice, but I'm pretty... We were reasonably sure that Matt Taylor went down at one point, sort of midway, second half, and he wasn't getting the ref didn't blow for it. And then I'm pretty sure he moved his hands to his head to make it look like a head injury, and then they stopped play. We were both, <laughs> we were both like, if he's done that on purpose... That is, you know, dark arts, game management, whatever you want to call it, to the ultimate degree. The thing is, though, I, I remember kicking off at half time. The ref, just before half time, gave some shocking decisions against us as well. And I think he, I forget who he booked, but he, he did, you know, that inconsistency thing. He definitely booked one of our players for just a non event challenge he- and then didn't um, do the same when there was a worse challenge from them. And I just remember thinking the ref's absolutely done us there and then in by the end of the game you had again the Ipswich fans going the referee was a spineless turd yeah that was ended it. Up, it was that bloke wasn't it I was just like what game are you well I actually kicked off for the first time in a long time on the, about the ref at half time and for it to turn full circle into Ipswich feeling they, feeling they were hard done he, by was he was like, it was really inconsistent and some of the times you were like come on, that's a clear foul. You wouldn't give it. Um, he did get, he booked Brannigan for, Brannigan for some reason about just before the, f- the first half finished, decided to foul someone and then just kick out kick out of them for no reason. And I think it was like a sort of 
an attitude thing more than anything else. But no, they've been they were chanting "boring, boring Oxford" outside the stadium. Like we were walking towards the train station, and there were people. They were all like, and it was sort of like, "Have you never?" I quite well, like I, that though. You know, I quite like it. They'll remember us. Oh, the yeah, the home fixture will be will be spicy. spicy yeah, well, they'll be nil nil, but you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't accept that we were being boring whatsoever, but it's just the sort of how can you sort of just sort of can you can you imagine if we'd have scored near the end? It would have been absolutely delight. Like it would have been so good. Well, like snatched it. We um, like you know, look at the the massive positives from that game. All right, I don't think I don't think we would have deserved to win it. But if we'd won it, it wouldn't have been nicking it. It, you know, it wouldn't have been sort of like being defensive and then sneaking a goal. We were playing some decent stuff first half. Ipswich didn't get going at all. They had a few players like Selena, I think he was number 42. Yeah. They had presence, but they, they weren't actually making things click. They, they hit at- the woodwork a couple of times, didn't they? Yeah. One was a great save from Eastwood, if I remember. Yeah, no, no. I, they, they, did, they did have the odd sort of <clears throat> direct chance, but they. As a team, they were pretty stuttering. They were a bit like Bolton, really. They had kind of like a winger who was inconsistent. And then the rest of them, they were just a bit yeah, labored, what's, really. What was their... Was it Edwards, Edwards their yeah. winger, that was on the near side to you first half? Because he he looked really dangerous, but his end product was rubbish. Like He he just didn't look like a, a solid player for them, I didn't think. No, they didn't get much change. And the defence as a whole unit... I thought it was one of the best performances. At no point can I really remember the defense, what all the fullbacks getting caught out, like with loads of space out of position. Yeah. It, it was really impressive from that perspective. And then the rest of the team, like the shape as well, of the team was really good. Um, pressing was really good. Um, and Brannigan and Kane, they just seem to really know what each other's going to do now. The sort of the Brannigan seems to know exactly where he needs to be and he's just getting in better positions and they're sort of floating around each other just knowing exactly what's going to happen and it's you know the only thing I would say about the which is if they'd scored they looked like the sort of team that potentially could have gone and scored three yeah they they weren't rubbish but they just weren't functioning until about the second half when Morsey and the other center mid got hold of the ball but again, it was classic. You've got the ball, but you're not actually hurting us. Morsey um, was a dirty, dirty player. He was one, wasn't it? Jack was saying that he was one that was playing in the championship for Middlesbrough. I think it was Middlesbrough. Yeah. And he was actually playing games for him at the point Ipswich signed him. So he like dropped down a level, which shows the the capital that Ipswich yeah, have at this level. I think they've got, is it Connor Chaplin and quite a few players in there that are sort of... um. You know, shouldn't you wouldn't think we'd be playing at that level unless they're being, as you say, well paid. Um, Wes yeah. Burns was absolutely stifled. Um, but he's got sort of like full beard, long hair, Alice band, not the sort <laughs> of not the scrawny like kid we had on loan like five years ago. Who was um, on their their bench looked ridiculous as well from memory. They had that Fraser guy that obviously scored a hat trick against us for Burton. They had uh, Sonia Luco, who's obviously got experience at a higher level. Um, I forget who the others were, but I just remember looking at it thinking, it's ridiculous, the squad they've assembled. And, um, but they had the guy up front, um, is it Bonnie or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He was a Zimbabwean who 
got out of international duty because they said he couldn't play in hot temperatures, something like that. Oh wow! That was why he didn't he didn't take his call up basically, and that's why one of the reasons it wasn't delayed and postponed because of international. I remember now the reason why I was so pissed off at half time. It was um, that chance where Holland kind of broke through and he kind of got the ball somewhat caught under his feet. But then the player, their defender went through the back of Holland to get to the ball as in he took the man and then the ball. And KR repeated the same thing that I thought I saw, but I don't think we really appealed that much for it at the time. No, there was another... Was that the chance when the ball was played? It was played on and it was missed and Holland got on the end of it. And then it looked like, well, he was kind of like clean through, but he just didn't yeah. take the ball in his stride. And then they caught up with him. But again, that that could have gone either way. Like, I, I guarantee you'd have refs that would have given that as a penalty. Um, yeah, I mean, clear-cut chances, you know, you could say there wasn't an enormous amount of them, but we were definitely having a lot more sustained pressure and um i mean it was one of those where you're watching it going like please just win this because it would be so amazing it would have um, been absolutely hilarious that um it would have been amazing i can't imagine what it had been like in the away end because we had, again we had like two corners in quick succession in like the 89th minute or something and i was just yeah. like go on go on anyway um so that was a decent point kept our kind of unbeaten run obviously going in the league which we've obviously extended since but um we then went to Bristol Rovers away and replay of the FA Cup and decided to kind of adopt a slightly different shape where we had kind of McNally, Moose and Fawnley and dropping into a back three. Um, Ford and Williams came came in alongside McGuane and Sykes in midfield and Bowden, Adji and Kane playing as like kind of more of a front three. I don't think Kane really sat in that type of position in the no. way it actually played out, but... It was interesting. I think KR's justification for that was, you know, when do you get a chance to try a different shape? Um, but I don't know. What were your thoughts on on how we kind of approached that game? Because the to be fair, I was I've been fairly relaxed, I, I, and even with the result, I mean, I was upset for about ten minutes, but I got over it quite quickly. But what were your thoughts when you saw the team and the shape? I was surprised by the by the shape. Um, I mean, we obviously don't know what goes on in training, but I was always led to believe that sort of playing three at the back is not an effectively a three-five-two or a bit of a three-four-three is is yeah. not something you do overnight and you sort of suddenly switch to. It's something you kind of really build up to. You you have a summer doing, and that's that kind of thing. I didn't see why we couldn't experiment with Thornley as a left back and just play four at the back, but like you say. The FA Cup against the League Two team with the rest of the squad pretty strong. It is worth experimenting. I didn't see Williams as a left wing back yeah. <laughs> in a million years, and that's that's a bit weird for me. Um, but then, to be fair, it it worked for a hundred and five minutes or whatever. So, yeah, it was it was interesting, wasn't it? Because. Obviously, we got a penalty back after they took the lead, so they were only ahead for like 10 minutes in normal time. Got about to one all, kind of steamrolled them first half of extra time. And at this point, we had more Sam Long, Seds, uh, Taylor and Henry all obviously coming off the bench. So the team looked a little bit more like what you'd get 
on a standard Saturday. But having said that, you still had kind of Bowden, Williams, McGwain, and Ford and McNally on the pitch, all who have probably aren't match fit, being honest. So again, I think that's a massive thing to look at when we're kind of talking about running out of steam after 120 minutes. And to be fair, their equalising goal was just ridiculous, wasn't it? If you remember, mm. you got to close them down at the same time, you know. That's going over like all over the stand nine times out nine times out of ten. But yeah, how I mean I like like I said, I was I was pissed off listening into it. But again, you know, I just think the league's obviously the focus. A home tie against Sutton would have been good, and then you see who you get third round, assuming we can progress from there. But um It's yeah. just the sort of I think I said this on um BBC programme, but it's a kind of a momentum thing and it's just a question mark in a few players' minds of to capitulate and start conceding goals. Like, as you say, the one of their goals was just a worldie and it goes in. But the ones either side of that were just piss poor, especially the one, the final one, where the fullbacks were absolutely nowhere or just scampering back. And it, yeah. you know, it was kind of, it's a sort of, how have we been swept away by the flow of the game and ended up in that situation. I'm not, yeah, the, the result is frustrating, but it's not the end of the world, but it's kind of, it's just that's shown a fallibility that I thought after Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday, we were kind of building this sort of like, actually we're pretty solid and you, you're you really going to have to beat us. We're not going to fall apart and we'll find a way. And it's just that little frustration around that. But, um, so, but yeah. I guess, isn't it, a sh- it's a shame really that, some of those fringe players, you know, cup runs are obviously much better for them. And it's it's the cliche of that's their chance to, you know, earn a shirt. And obviously, I think Bowden had a pretty good game, obviously got got a goal, looked pretty sharp alongside Taylor when and Taylor was on the pitch. But I don't think Mc- you were Bowden's uh, biggest I mean, fan. I'm not. I, I just have a bit. He's my scapegoat yeah. when he's on the pitch. I think he looks. I think he looks useful. Um, I don't know how he necessarily gets in the team when everyone's fit, but I think he looks useful. Um, just for people listening, week- last last night when we were watching the Fleetwood game, I was I was trying to do a tally of the positive things Bowden did versus the negatives. Um, I think I mean, it, how, no, how, it balanced out. How he didn't score right at the end in the Bristol Rovers game was a bit of a disgrace. To make oh. it four-one, right as well yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah. I think. I'll, I'll give you that, but um, it's such a difficult thing though when fringe players come in because yeah they're not match fit and they expect they basically got to have a worldie or else it's like, well that's why you're not in the team. Yeah, <laughs> it's not easy to be fair. But anyway, we went um, went on. Obviously, Wigan didn't happen as we've discussed. COVID was a thing, so overall then we have like ten or eleven players out in total or just something ridiculous. So. What we saw in terms of the lineup last night at home to Fleetwood, obviously Truman in goal, Hansen coming in right back. Who's um, obviously I I didn't I wasn't sure if I'd ever see him in an Oxford shirt again. To be honest, um, I actually thought he did. Obviously, he came off, but I thought he did all right. I just thought he was. It was almost typical that he he came off, and it probably was just fatigue. Um, but I mean, for or me, habit. Like, just or habit. habit. Yeah. It was like eighty minutes. Um, started maybe just, maybe just wandered off, and everyone got confused and was like, "Oh, was he being <laughs> subbed?" Like, off you come. But 
the thing I didn't quite get before this game was some people were like building this up as this kind of like epic quest and we were back to the wall and you look at that team and go front six is pretty damn good and then it's a bit makeshift and then obviously the emergency goalkeeper is the big point and if Fleetwood started lumping balls into the box and he panics and you know that I get I get that side of things but um Hansen at right back if he's playing safe and we're protecting him he should be able to get through the game and he did so it was just, but to be fair, McNally and Long, I don't think he put a foot wrong barely all game. And yeah, they so, they looked they looked pretty good, and obviously Sudden had a solid game. There's quite a lot of play down our left, but um, like you say, because the front six was so strong with Henry Kane, Brannigan, pretty much you know first choice in that midfield. Then Bowden, White, and Holland's not a bad not a bad six. And what we were saying is. And I think we did it well. Re- well, we did it really well early on. Fleetwood had some kind of bizarre, kind of pressing game that meant there was just a whole bunch of space. And also, when we lost the ball, we were pressing high to win it back. And then, obviously, a couple of really good early goals as a result of kind of sustained pressure. They just didn't um, look like they were kind of. They looked awful. I, I have not seen a Fleetwood team play like that since we've been playing them. Really, they just didn't know where they were like going to stick or twist. They were sort of. They weren't tight to us. They weren't really pressing us at points. But we're playing this kind of three at the back. And it was they just looked very laboured, except for like strike a couple of strikers who occasionally looked a bit lively, but really, really poor. And but we looked ridiculously good as well. I think that was Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another side of it. I mean the interchange and the balls into feet as well, like into White's feet, into Holland's feet. We just sort of we were, Kane was just basically just Kane and Brannigan were just cruising around playing crossfield, crossfield, sort of you know, it really was sort of too easy for them, really. Um yeah. and if Holland and White had a bit more confidence or sort of consistency, there was quite a few times when, you know, they could have probably done a lot better in the situations they yeah, you you were okay. pointing out a lot. I gave Holland, Holland's just one of those. And I know Jack was saying when we were watching it that it was frustrating because he definitely went in on goal uh, when we were 2 0 up, um, bursting down the left hand side a couple of times. And it's the lack of commitment to want to a decision, whether or not it's taking on the final man or, you know, really just keeping on running in a single line rather than cutting in and just getting a shot away. He's like, he's got to commit to a decision. And what was funny, you know, when he got his goal, obviously the third in the end, um, second half, which was a key, you know, a massive moment in the game, really. Um, he he just paced it. He he obviously had one thing in his mind and he just went for it, committed, yeah. and you saw the result. And they had to back off him. They had to stand off him. And that's what was frustrating me first half and in a couple of other performances because I know he's been really good of late, but it's that commitment to a decision and even if he makes a decision, tries to cut in to get a shot away and he loses the ball, or if he tries to take it down the line to either get across in or shoot near post or whatever, I just that's just what you want to see. You want to see him going. Do, and it's the same with it's just Gavin White, though, isn't it? It's the same with Gavin White. You, yeah. He's the type of player that we've seen, obviously, Shrewsbury away, what he can do. And you were saying, weren't you, at this level, if he's on song, he can be unplayable. Yeah, I mean, he got 
Henry played a lovely ball, sort of just round the corner for him. Touch was a bit off. He got played clean through. I think it was just Hans- a ball Hansen over. actually put that second one in yeah. to put him through. Yeah, um, put him over the top, and he just he did everything right, but you just knew he wasn't going to score. He just it just kind of went feebly at the keeper. Um, it's if anyone those- if anyone needed a goal, and for the sake of not just himself, but for the team and for the squad, it is it's Gavin White at the moment, isn't it? Because we, you know, if he's at his peak, he's starting. He's starting the game every game, I think. But he's just not not cutting it at the moment. Do you buy him as a viable striking option? Translation: We might no. need to get one in January, as KR's hinted at. I don't. I don't think so. I know I, it's hard to base it just off that performance, but he doesn't look like the type of player. It's an excellent option to be able to play over the top, like what we just described. But um, you still need someone to hold up the ball and to be canny when it comes to like playing others in. It's even when McGuane came on, I was even thinking, even if you put McGuane on as a false nine and had White running off him, mm. that might even be a better fit. In a, in a world where we're struggling for options, I thought you know, McGuane's hold up play and quick feet an ability to turn, I feel like maybe that would be a thing that would actually work better better in White's favour. But you want you want White to be able to, as you say, get up and running and be sort of the ball he wants to run onto the ball. You don't want to play the ball into his feet and him lay it off and do that stuff. You want to be able to play him in and I suppose the other thing to consider is that the fact that White started over Adji kind of you know, it's got to be curtains. Well, that, but... Yeah, he's got to, to be fair, and again, we talked about it on the last pod, I think this January is massive. Like, you've, we've got to commit, make some tough decisions and commit. And it's got to be a case of, if we don't see Winnell and Adji as the answer, see what we can do to move them on. Um, even if we any of the players that we brought in on shorter term deals that we think we can actually improve in areas of the squad, I would just be going for it now. I'd get Brandon Barker back, who hasn't played a minute of football, which is that's a good comparison to White you, though as well. Do you need like, another winger though? Well, I just think I would absolutely bring Barker back if there was an opportunity to do it, because again, thinking about someone that was contributing assists as well as getting goals like he he was excellent like and play people did not like playing against him you're right though it is a it is a big window because this is the sort of classic time you think back to previous seasons thinking about that classic Ian Atkins season where we didn't really kick on after Christmas but and I think it's because we didn't bring anybody in if I'm KR I'm going to the board and saying at the moment, I'm confident we're going to get playoffs. If we bring in a striker who's can keep Matt Taylor's toes really to the fire, or God forbid Taylor gets injured, if we can bring in an experienced bit of know-how defensive midfielder slash rock bag to crunch a few <laughs> people, um, and a, and a left back that's you know worth a salt, I can get. I might be able to get. Well, he'll just say this. I'll be able to get more than playoffs, um, knowing that if we got playoffs. Um, that was the thing. Just going for the tangent. So when, as I was getting off this train in Ipswich, <laughs> back on that, and and these people were like giving me sort of. It went from like let's have a friendly chat to actually we're going to be a bit snidey, which is yeah. never really nice. Um, 
I sort of got off the train and sort of said, I think we'll see each other in the playoffs, trying to be sort of nice. And this guy was like, well, uh, one of us will be in the playoffs, implying that they were going to be automatically promoted. And I was just like, honestly, I was just trying to be sort of like, you know, <laughs> leave things on a good note. I mean, they've lost their last two since the yeah, draw with us exactly, as well, which is exactly. excellent. So, um, so they're, they're in no no good place. Anyway, um, particularly pissed me off, as you can tell. <laughs> it is an interesting one goal in the last what five yeah. games? Is that right? Yeah, because they will be the sixth um, fixture when we play them at home. So one Matty Taylor goal out of all those those games. Um, it's worth mentioning McNally obviously got a league goal early on, really good header from a Herbie Kane cross, and we've struggled with set pieces again. We it's been a bit up and down this season. Started the season off really well, um, and then went it went a bit flat. But that's um, another goal from a set piece, which is ace for us. Um, good for McNally's confidence as well. He's had a tough time coming into the team a few times this year with sendings off and difficult results on the you know like the the Rovers game the other day so I think it was important for him to get minutes and have a positive performance the other thing that's dead quiet and maybe I've completely missed something but Elliot Moore's contract is up at the end of the season is it I think it is and Sykes as well as another one isn't it Sykes is one because we triggered the option I'm pretty certain Elliot Moore is and this is where we need Jack to say yes um but we're going to have to make a decision either way on that. And the fact that McNally's played as many games as he has, which is an absolute bonus, gives us an indication that if we were to lose more, I don't think Moore's as good as, say, a Dickey, but a free transfer, he's a very attractive free transfer at the end of the season. Um, yeah. It's a real positive that McNally looks pretty capable at this level. I, th- I think we'll keep more. I don't think he's championship level at this at this moment in time. So I, I think he'll probably stick around in League One. Um That would sound that to me would seem like a sensible Cameron Brannigan S decision like he's made where he's clearly gone, where am I gonna play? Where am I gonna get the games? And so on. But yeah, I'd agree with that as well. But it's Yeah. That was a nice segue into Brannigan, obviously notching another goal. I think that's, is that four or five league goals for him this season or something? Like he's he's doing, we saw a bit of a scoring um, flurry from him a couple of years ago, didn't we? And then it, it went kind of quiet and obviously he had some issues, obviously injuries and such last year, but he seems to have added that back to his game, which we hoped he we would see when he moved into a more advanced midfield position. Yeah, and I think that's solely down to Herbie Kane and yeah, him being able to sort of really know, define his role, whereas I always get frustrated with him trying to do everything as one player. Um, yeah. But he's he's the he's making much more many more offensive passes as well, playing people in, scoring goals. Um, and he was all over the pitch last night in a in a good way. <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah. kind of just I wish Kane was our player, is the thing that's in the back of my mind now already. Um he's one of them, isn't he? I mean I don't know I I don't seem to ever have he's worried about Brannigan going, but people will start oh January will Brannigan go. I don't know if he's quite 
it's again, it's the age old what team would he go to that we talked about before? What team in the championship would sign a player that's unproven at that level? What situation would they be in? But I mean, I hope he doesn't go in in January because it was it was Blackpool though, wasn't it? And I think weren't we saying that I don't know how I don't even remember how they're doing in the but, league. Blackpool, Blackpool are doing surprisingly well in the championship. They're sort are of they? the mid table. Um, but yeah, Elliot Moore's contract's definitely up in the summer, as is Henry's, Hansen's, wow. uh, Gorin's, Hansen, uh, Ford's. So it is an issue. Billy Bowden, you can get rid of him. I'm not, to be honest, out of all those names, it's obviously only, it's more Brannigan and Sykes I'm interested in. I think, I obviously think James Henry is quality and I think we should keep him around as a solid squad player and a great versatile option. But it just depends on what league we're in and where we're heading as well, doesn't it? I think think Henry, as a slight tangent, is looking a little bit leggy at the moment, actually. I thought against Ipswich... And possibly a bit against Fleetwood. So, with McGuane coming back to form, I wouldn't mind if McGuane dropped in for a few games and Henry was more of a sub. It'll be interesting to see what that balance looks like. That's a real, like, box to, pure box to box set of three midfielders there, isn't it? If mm. you've got Kane, Brannigan, and McGuane all there, it'd be interesting to see. How that combination that, would work. That is ultimate football, that midfield three. Like, no, <laughs> no one's giving, no one's looking behind them, basically. <laughs> no, it's like, but it could, I mean, it could be ridiculous. I just expect we'll see that terrifying gap in between our defence and midfield when a team counters on us. It, it happened a couple of times last night again, didn't it? But it's always going to happen a few times if you're pushing for, you know, it, for it will. Hurt. It will happen if you're playing Rotherham. <laughs> For example. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, just just looking across League One. Um, notice Plymouth have dropped off a little bit, as in they've had um a couple of defeats in a row now. So they lost to Charlton on Saturday, and who'd they lose to last night? Uh, they lost at home three nil to Wickham, which is yeah. um, and then obviously Wickham have subsequently leapfrogged um. Wickham as a result. Is there anything else that's kind of standing out to you in terms of how the league's kind of starting to shape up? I mean, Sunderland's the the notable, semi-amusing drop-off. Wednesday seem to have found a gear. I think they were in a bit sort of kind of slight turmoil, but I think we are starting to see this kind of real split between the two sides of the table, really, starting to come through. There's only sort of Ipswich and Cheltenham randomly in the middle of the table, but only Ipswich and Bolton are probably out of place, and everyone else is kind of yeah, sort of two two halves within a within a league. I'd have said Ipswich's um, defeats, as obviously said, they lost the last two, but it was Sunderland away two nil, and then um, the other one was you know at home they lost two nil to Rotherham, and obviously we all know about Rotherham, so not. That's a difficult run of fixtures, to be fair to them. <laughs> Not to give them a cop-out, but, you know. Either, either way, I think Pompey's form is obviously massively picked up and they're really storming up the, the table. But what's really positive for us is we've still got, obviously, a couple of games in hand on um, at least three of the teams in the top six. So, again, Saturday is just it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Rotherham's form is absolutely... Is ridiculous. 
um, I mean, looking I, at it. I'm scared. Like, <laughs> I mean, I recall some really hold, horrible hold games. <laughs> Do you not remember? What was that game where they just smashed? I think we lost 3-1, but they yeah. just like tore us to pieces for Three, the whole game. 3-1 at home, and it was when Kyle v- Vassell. Vassell, yeah. He's always mentioned as like former Oxford player, even though he played like four games on loan. But yeah, that they absolutely monstrous. And I remember thinking, and I think I've made this point on previous pods, that they are, I know we, we played probably better, nicer football than that team did, but they were the, the epitome of a team that goes up because they were absolutely solid. And they just put the, they just put us under relentless pressure. Yeah. And we and we just capitulated and couldn't stand up to it. And, but then on the other, turning aside on the other foot, you remember that away game, where we were, well, same season possibly, where we won 2-1 and Taylor scored that. Oh, that, that was great. Yeah. That was just absolutely amazing. Was that but, the same season? I think it was. Yeah. When Foss, Fossu opened the scoring with some yeah, like, yeah. wonder goal, didn't he? Um, you went to that pub with all the flies. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> the other one near the station. Um, just looking at their games, like they haven't lost since September the 11th. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. So they lost weirdly at home four two to Fleetwood, and since then they've weird. had results including beating Bolton away two nil, um, beating Portsmouth four one, beating MK Dons who are obviously doing well this season away three nil. Following that up with a five one win at home to Sunderland, um, then obviously beating Ipswich away two nil with some picks of games. But again, that form is what one two three four five six seven. Eight wins and four draws. Um, They've conceded thirteen goals. Ah, oh, what a time to just not have any players available. And, o- and only Wigan and Sheffield Wednesday and us are beneath twenty goals conceded. So it's, it's going to be. Interesting, this isn't it? Because they've obviously got players. It's Michael Smith who he used to play for Swindon. I swear. That guy, but he's got um, he's contributed sixteen goals this season, um, eleven he, goals, five assists, just in the league. He played against us in the last, well, two seasons ago when they were in League One, and just a good all-round striker, a kind of a better Ryan Taylor, I'd have said, really type. Yeah, but then they've got uh, Will Grigg, who's a Actually, found some form. Freddie La- Freddie Ladapo as well. Two decent strikers, um, and then Jack was telling us about Ben Wiles, who's in their midfield, who's kind of, by all accounts, has got everything in his locker to sort of really make things happen. And they've got Danny Balaza, Balaza, yeah, who's was at Newcastle, but he's like, he. I remember thinking he was really, really good against us last time we played and they've got seriously yeah there's not many weak links in that that team it's um do you reckon we're just going to end up with much of the same lineup as what we've done against Fleetwood I'm I'm assuming what, what, who was on the bench it was McGuain um Cooper goalkeeper Aji Aji and another <laughs> how do you think we line up and how do you think we approach the game? I mean, and 
unless I'm missing something, I'm I'm assuming that well, yeah, it's ten days, isn't it? So we have, we have to start with the same lineup. Um, I think you don't. I don't think you change it one because you can't, and two. McGuane's the only one you might want to think about getting in there because he will keep hold of the ball. And he when we saw it at Fleetwood, he does retain the ball incredibly well. So that that's a tempting option. Yeah, you could move Henry further up in place of Bowden and then yes. play McGuane. <laughs> then play McGuane in yeah, the that's, uh, that's not a that's not a bad shout, McGuane in. I mean it, it's to your point that it's a three in midfield who are all a bit kind of like ultimate football look forward, but yeah, Bowden you know, he was solid enough, but Henry out wide at home, that could that could work. Um but we need players who are gonna protect Hansen, protect Seddon. Um you know, this is where you do need someone picking up the second balls that come off our defence. And that's where you you know, you, you look at Herbie Kane and go, I'm not sure. Maybe we maybe if we played Kane Kane and Brannigan as a two and went four three one. That's that's a possibility. Try and keep a bit more possession than we might yeah, otherwise be able to you do. Could play McGuane as a ten. That'd be interesting. Um, it feels like someone said it last night, I think. But you know, football manager, when it just the game punishes you when you have just seven injuries at once, and you're just creating some nonsense lineup just to force a game to go ahead. I mean, uh, rather than play like three one four two, typically classic so they've got so they've obviously got two strikers to keep us occupied and then a lot of it comes down the side so yeah i'd be interested a 4-2-3-1 could be an option um, mcnally's gonna have to play above himself long's gonna have to have one of those heroic games where he's got a cape on by the end of it and to be fair um, he did on yeah Tuesday, he had a great game it? we haven't really yeah we didn't call yeah. that out. he had a really strong game um alongside mcnally I think um, it's one of them where oh Williams, there's some chat about Williams might be fit on Saturday, and I wonder what you whether you play him right back though, if that's the case. That's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, so yeah. you put him in at right back. Um, he did well, didn't he, when he played there, whenever yeah. it was. Um, I mean, like Hansen is is what he is, but he technically is an okay footballer, and that's his most comfortable position I've ever seen him in, possibly. DM, I'm not going to, you know, he's, he needs to go, <laughs> but he is a defensive minded player. And perhaps that's just a, that's just a reason to have him in the team. Cause he's just going to sit. He's not going to try and bomb forward, which maybe Williams does try and do. Yeah. I, th- I think um, it might be too obvious to say, but because our front six will be relatively strong, it's just about, Again, can we press them high? I don't know how they play to the point of if we can keep them just with possession in their own half, press them high, win the ball back in their half, reduce the amount of time our defence is even anywhere near the ball alongside a a keeper with one day left at our football club. Um, (laughs) Or whatever it'll be by then. I don't know, it's just... Maybe that's too easy to say, but I feel like it. uh, one of the best... The whole thing about best form of um, defense is attack. Absolutely, well, definitely against Fleetwood and Rotherham, we could just go for it and see what happens. But I mean, if you think if they're playing two strikers, they're basically saying we'll go over your press if we want to. Um, yeah, which is 
a challenge in itself. Um, but then I don't believe from looking at their their defenders, we've got a lot of pace and that's and there'll be spaces down the side. So those pockets for Holland should be plentiful. It needs him. Basically, it needs Holland and White to push them back. Um, but no, I, I'm, in, I'm coming around to the idea of McGuane in the team, actually. I think I think that's ball retention. Yeah. Is, At is least there's a couple of options there. Is in their arse. If Williams was fit as well, then you could still potentially have, um, if, let's say, Bowden dropped, then you'd have Bowden, Williams and um, Adji. Feels weird to Adji. He really is just nothing at the moment. Like there's no, there's no belief when he can, but he's coming on the pitch at like the 84th minute most games or later. I like that so. he still gets a good reception. Well, he did, did away. He does it. Did it switch anyway? Yeah. When he comes on, but he has had enough of those kind of what you know, clean opportunities where it hasn't really happened. Yeah. Um, um, we'll, we'll forget all that if he scores on Saturday. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that's us about done. We've got obviously December is going to be interesting. That Sunderland game's moved to the 4th of December. I think that's going to be a challenge for a lot of fans to get to at such short notice. I think Newcastle are at home as well that day, which is... And Middlesbrough, apparently. And Middlesbrough, yeah. So that might be difficult. I'm going to be at well, we both go to that Donny game on Tuesday night. Yeah. So that should that should be decent. So you've ever been to Donny away in like a? It's always like win. It's always a winter Tuesday night game. Absolutely. Yeah. It couldn't be anything else. I, I can't in... remember the last Tuesday night I've done. Maybe it was Bolton away a while ago when it was nil nil and they'd lost five nil every game that preceded it, which was um, annoying. Um, but then we beat Lincoln six nil. I think. You're doing Pompey game. away, aren't you? Lucky. Boxing Day, Devil. yeah, I'm going to try. I'm down at, in Brighton, I think, around Christmas, so I'm see if I can scoot across to that. Um, but yeah, some good, some good-looking games. I think that Sunderland, MK Dons, and Wigan and Portsmouth are all going to be tough, aren't they? Just looking at that, the games that we've got there. So well, we we don't be. really have, apart from Doncaster, until that. Uh, AFC Wimbledon game that's our first easy game since quite a while really yeah um but you know I think we'd all we'd all take a draw against Rotherham and then full strength comes back Sunderland are in not confident place Doncaster's doable MK yeah I really I fancy us against Sunderland looking at their yeah. results this season the, um, uh, the the jitters will be coming in up there for sure yeah. is this their fourth did. season it might even be more than that it's crazy isn't it um yeah it's it's gonna be like you said i think more so than other seasons the league like the playoff teams will split uh, you've just jogged me that's another thing i said to these ipswich fans before the game. <laughs> i was a doing theme the, here i was doing the whole it seems like whilst you've spent a lot of money, you're not doing a Sunderland and basically buying completely ridiculous players and thinking you've got a divine right to be out of the league. But then their behaviour as fans after the game was like when they were just sort of like, I can't believe you, you know, you didn't just try and play football for 90 minutes and 
just because we finally got on top with 15 to go that we were like, you know, it was just like, <laughs> no, actually you are acting like a club that's come down from the championship and thinks they shouldn't be there. Well, you know, what a shame. Just again, back to the fact of we're playing Sunderland, Wigan, Portsmouth, all in quick succession. Um, shows you the where the league's at now. It's It's really competitive, isn't it? But more so than any other season, I actually think we're best set up to really go for it. I think I predict, I don't remember what I predicted, maybe fourth or something. But I, I think that's a reasonable prediction. I reckon we're going to really give it a go this season um, based on, based on the, so long as we keep like your Herbie Canes beyond January as well. I think that's a massive, it will be a massive thing. I think we've made a step forward admittedly it was probably wasn't that long ago that we were struggling to beat Cheltenham and Cambridge. Yeah. But it feels against the teams that are less ambitious, particularly when they come to us at home. I mean, the form at the Kassam, there's some, there's some gift doing the rounds that shows off home form is absolutely ridiculous. And we're beating those average to poor teams at home now. And we're holding our own against the decent, not the, the decent, sorry, the higher up in the league teams. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. We, we're as strong as we've ever been. Saturday prediction go. One all. I'm saying nil nil. I'll take it as well. I'll be delighted with it. Yeah. Um, are we five unbeaten, or does it go beyond that? I think it is five. In the league. Yeah. We're we're in we're in a good place. Yeah. yeah okay. Plymouth was last loss. That's it. Yeah. Right. Um. As always, thanks for listening. I guess we'll be back. I don't know when we'll be back. We'll see how COVID sweeps through the pod. Um. But yeah, I think we'll probably be back after Rotherham. Depends on how spicy the game is. If it is a nil nil, maybe we'll hold off until the next one. Who knows. But um, for now, everyone take care. Um, Wrap up warm. It's starting to get cold now. Um, Put your Christmas tree up. Don't listen to John. And see you next time. (laughs) 